Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to USA Wealth Group's Money Wise radio show, brought to you by the company that really helps you achieve financial prosperity by helping you implement strategies to protect all that you've worked so very hard for. And folks, every Sunday morning, we love hearing from Ray Lance. Good morning, Ray. Nice to see you on this Sunday morning. Good morning, Phil. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to Money Wise every week. Today, we have an unusual topic to talk about. They say the only things that are certain in life are death and taxes. Well, today, we're not going to talk about death. But we are going to talk about taxes, <laughs> and uh, we have someone with us that uh, I'm going to call an expert, even though he probably wouldn't call himself an expert because people are typically don't do that. But we have with us this morning John T. Lally, certified public accountant, and he's located right up the street from the studios here on Alden Road in Fairhaven. In fact, you're at 69 Alden Road, Fairhaven, John. So welcome to MoneyWise. It's and it's a pleasure here. to have you here. Thank you, Ray and Phil. It's great to be here. You bet. And before we get started, because I want to repeat this a number of times during the show, this is a really important time of year, uh, even though we're talking and broadcasting on a Sunday morning. Uh, this is a time of year when we really need to think about what can we do for year end to plan income, to plan deductions, perhaps, and do some things that are going to save us taxes. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of useful ideas and tips about that. And I know, John, that you worked a lot, uh, you do work a lot with small businesses as well as individuals. This must start to get to be a busy time of year for you, I would imagine, getting ready for tax season. Yes, it's very busy. I'm meeting with most of my clients or at least talking to them on the phone and trying to come up with uh, tax saving strategies before the end of the year. You know, that's, that's one of the best things I've heard because I've worked in the past with other accounting firms and there are not a lot of accountants and accounting firms that go out of their way to actually meet with owners, business owners, for example, and plan some strategy about what can you do to reduce taxes. And having the ability to plan, especially in the last few weeks of the year, is very, very important. It's not important only for businesses, but also for individuals. So we're going to talk about some of these things today, John. And uh, by the way, what is your telephone number if somebody wants to reach you? 508 992-6500. Now, I know you're located in the plaza that's directly across the street on Olden Road, directly across from Walmart. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, what's the name of that plaza? The Fairhaven Center for Business. Okay. And that's where Dorothy Cox is, I believe. They used to be. They used to be. Oh, they used they, to be they moved right. uh, within the last year. That's right. I remember that now. Yep. Uh, well, I had a chance to visit your office this past week, so I, I know exactly where your office is, and I was glad to find that. Well, we're going to start out this morning, Phil, as I like to do, and talk about some famous quotations from famous people. Do I need Uh, a helmet? No, but we're going to talk about some tax quotations for today. Okay. (laughs) So one of them is from our famous Greek philosopher, Anonymous. (laughs) We've heard of Anonymous before? Anonymous. So here's something from Anonymous. Our founding fathers objected to taxation without representation. They should see it today with representation. (laughs) (laughs) That is funny. But, uh, you know, taxes actually go back a very long way in our history, uh, even to the times of the uh, Greek philosophers. Oh, yes. So here's a quotation from one of our famous Greek philosophers, uh, Mr. Plato. 
Where there is an income tax, the just man will pay more and the unjust less on the same income. Wow. Even back then. Even back then. So that even in ancient Greek times, they had tax issues to worry about, didn't they? And the they? same ones. And the same ones probably today. <laughs> so nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. <laughs> the more things change, the more they seem the same. Uh-huh. And boy, uh, but I want to give you one more quotation. We'll come back to a few others uh, after Warren Magnuson, a famous United States senator, said, if Einstein and the agents of the Internal Revenue Service cannot understand the tax code, (laughs) then the ordinary taxpayers of the U.S. are entitled to a little help. (laughs) Uh, I say that uh, you need a, a, what is the form called, a 1020 or a 1090? 1040. Well, you need a 1040 IQ to figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably a good point. And it gets more and more complicated each year. Oh, yeah. John, let's talk a little bit about your uh, background. I know that you're a, a CPA. What do you have to do to become a CPA? You have to take tests? Yes, you have to. There's, well, when I took it, there's four parts to it. I think there's still four parts to it. Okay. So you have to pass all four with at least a 75. Mm-hmm. And then work for another CPA for two to three. Hmm. Sounds like servitude. Or maybe it's just being That's uh, good experience. Just paying your dues and getting some experience. And I know that you also went to University of Massachusetts in Dartmouth, and you hold a Bachelor of Science degree in accounting. Mm-hmm. And you're also a Fairhaven resident. Yes, I am. Good. Terrific. Now, do you enjoy taxes? I do. I'm glad to hear it's that. Fun. You know, I've said this on the radio before. <laughs> I really enjoy taxes. <laughs> the difference between what you do and what I do, John, is that I don't do tax returns. Um, and uh, I have somebody else do my tax returns as well, and maybe I'll come talk with you as well. Um, but I do a lot of tax planning and tax strategy, more conceptual than actually filling out forms because I wouldn't know how to do that today, even with computers. And I think one of the most important messages I want to leave everyone with today is to make sure that if you want to get the most efficiency out of how you're doing your tax returns, work with a professional. Uh, you cannot do your own taxes and be able to take advantage of, of all the entitlements that you can get from the Internal Revenue Code. One of the other things I've said to people over the years is that if you're paying more taxes than what you need to, then that's a mistake that you're making. Uh, tax avoidance is different from tax evasion. Tax evasion is when you don't pay what you're supposed to pay and you don't report your income. But tax avoidance is a lawful process of making sure that you can take advantage of everything in the tax code that you're entitled to. Mm -hmm. You know, John, over the years, I've been a proponent uh, of Steve Forbes, who owns Forbes magazine, who's a big advocate for the flat tax. And it doesn't solve all problems, but the Internal Revenue Code that we have today is so unusually, ridiculously complex that it, it's, it's impossible for the average human being to decipher it. And I think even for people who do preparation, there are specialties within specialties. There are specialties, and even sometimes the professionals have trouble interpreting the laws. They're so complicated. Mm-hmm. I had to um, give some tax advice recently on a fairly complicated estate tax question that somebody had, and they literally had checked with two other law firms. They checked with me. Uh, we also checked with uh, two other law firms in other areas of the country, 
and it was really hard to find common agreement on the issues. And by the way, um, I, I happen to have a, a law degree and also a Master of Laws in Taxation. I do mostly retirement planning. I'm not practicing law, but I've always enjoyed taxes. And when I went to school, I took every single tax course that was available. To me, it's like a puzzle. It's fun. Yeah, very like you said before, the tax avoidance, that's the challenge of interpreting the tax code and then helping a client arrange their business affairs to mm -hmm. minimize their taxes. Mm -hmm. Well, um, if you have your uh, earphones strapped on, ladies and gentlemen, uh, stay tuned because we're going to talk about a lot of interesting tax subjects. So let's talk specifically about some of the things that we can do at year end uh, that might be helpful for tax planning. Uh, timing is one very important issue, um, probably the most important issue, I think. Um, so, for example, if you have the ability to take income this year and not next year, or next year and not this year, then you might want to sit down with somebody like you, John, and decide what's the best year to take it in. And I know there's also a fine line, there's something called constructive receipt. So if you have a legal right to receive income right now, but you're not taking it and you're artificially pushing it over into another year, uh, you have to be careful in how you do that. And you can't make that decision on your own. You have to really plan that with somebody like, like uh, John Lally um, so that you're not getting into difficulty with the tax code and with the law. But if you have the, ex the ability to either accelerate income because your income is low this year and you expect more income next year, why not take some income into this year if you can? And I guess that's always a good strategy to control the timing of money. Right. Uh, you can do that by, let's say, billing earlier or trying to encourage collections if you want to get paid more in 2014 if your mm -hmm. income is going to be higher in 2015. And I guess if you're in business for yourself, you know, taking that as sort of a cue, you could even postpone doing some billing until the first part of the year if you thought you had too much income this year and you wanted to push it off until next year, maybe. Yes, you could. Okay. So those, those are good things to take a look at. One of the things that um, I don't want to talk a lot about today, but I'll mention briefly, is the alternative minimum tax. Um, I would venture to say that most of the people listening to the show today are probably not going to be interested in the alternative minimum tax. Some business people might be, but... Uh, it's a fairly complicated area, and I guess it mostly applies to people who have fairly good-sized income. Would that be a fair statement? Uh, yes and no. It does catch a lot of high-income earners, but now with it not being indexed for inflation for several years, uh, okay, more and more people are getting subject to the alternative minimum tax as well. I know it's, it's something that now affects a lot of people in the middle class. It can be regular wage earners. What exactly is it? What is it all about? It was a tax designed years ago to catch people, you know, really wealthy people like the Rockefellers who weren't paying any income tax to try to get them to pay. And probably had lots of deductions as well. So they could take deductions and reduce their income. And so even though they had far more income than most people, they weren't paying taxes. Right. And now it's catching a lot of the middle class. Oh. I've, I've done a fair amount of reading on that subject, but um, to try to go into detail on the radio, I think, like I said, would probably be beyond the scope of most people listening today. So we won't talk a lot about that, but um, I have some additional material that I actually researched for today. Um, so if you have any questions about 
the alternative minimum tax, please don't call me. Call John Lally, and he'll be happy to help you. So let's talk about some things that we can do. Uh, what about um, if we can change income? If we know we have too much income for one year, we want to push some income off for the next year. So there's ways that we could do that. What about expensing things? Can we take extra deductions if we need to reduce our income? What about mortgage interest, for example? Can you pay extra mortgage payments in this year and be able to claim a deduction for it? I think there's some limitations on that. I'm not sure about the limitations, but a lot of people might pay their January payment in December and get that deduction. Okay. And I guess what you want to do, too, is pay enough so the bank gets it and then can report it on your 1098 form that will then be matched up with the IRS. Now, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that one. Some of the reading I had done said that uh, if you have a payment that might be uh, due in January, but it's picking up interest that was owed in December, that's clearly a situation in which you could make a payment in December. But you just made a really good point that I hadn't thought of. Uh, don't wait until the last week in December to do it. Do it a little earlier at, in December so that it'll get picked up on your um, 1099s that the bank is going to send you. Right, so a huge, right. A huge part of that is just the IRS reporting, and you want to try to match up because otherwise you'll get a tax notice if what you deduct doesn't match up with what the bank reports. All right, so if you happen to be in the category, ladies and gentlemen, where you're thinking that, you know what, I have a little extra income this year that I didn't anticipate, and I don't want to get stuck paying more taxes or not getting my usual refund, maybe I can make my January mortgage interest payment. Um, give John Lally a call. Uh, he can be reached at uh, 508-992-6500, and uh, he can give you more specific advice on that. But that's, that's really a good tip. What about taxes? Uh, can we pay our real estate taxes ahead of time? I guess there's some ability to do that, isn't there? Yes, you can. And a lot of times the cities or towns might send those bills out in November, December. They might be due in January, but again, you could pay those in December. Mm -hmm. Most individuals, um, we're not talking business right now, but most individuals are what's called a cash basis taxpayer, which means when you write a check for something, it's it's a deductible item in that particular year that you write the check. Correct. So, and record keeping is important too. And by the way, um, I've heard that you should keep your tax returns and your tax records for at least seven years to be able to demonstrate to the IRS if they have a question. That's true. The IRS can normally go back three years and then six years if they suspect fraud. Mm -hmm. So seven years with, you know, let's say one open year that you're in the middle of that year. So seven okay. years altogether. Good. Well, um, charitable contributions are another way to be able to claim a deduction. And um, I've done a lot of work in this area myself over the years, and I'm sure you see it as well. Do you do any work for nonprofits, by the way, any nonprofit corporations? I don't, no. Okay, mostly businesses? My yeah, small businesses, small businesses and individuals. Okay, good. Um, I've done some work with nonprofits over the years, and... If you are an individual and you want to make a deduction and you expect to have extra income this year, this would be a good time to make a tax deduction or tax contribution to a charity. And I guess that's why all the charities send out so many notices this time of year because they want to get people to think about making a contribution this year so they can take a deduction this year. 
Do you see that on some of the income taxes that you do for individuals where people are taking charitable deductions? Yes, uh, most of my clients do take the charitable deduction and December for donations too. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Well, I know that if you make a, uh, a deduction, let's say you write a check, then um, you can deduct that up to 50% of your adjusted gross income if it's a regular cash contribution. Yes, you can. Okay. If you give appreciated property, it's a little different. Then it's 30% of your adjusted gross income, apparently. Yes. And actually, donating appreciated is a great idea because then you get the deduction for the full amount of the securities, but you're not picking up the capital gain income on the unrealized uh, gain on those securities. Okay, so you can save not having to pay the capital gains tax. So if you have appreciated securities, appreciated assets, and you'd like to make a charitable contribution, when you give it, you're never gonna have to pay the capital gains on that appreciation. Right, let's say you had bought some Apple stock for thousand dollars a few years ago now it's worth five thousand hmm. you donate that you get the five thousand dollar write-off but that four thousand dollar gain never gets taxed to you okay so you almost get uh, well you get an, an additional benefit then so that's that's worth considering right so contributing appreciated securities um, will save capital gains you don't have to do that you know one of the things that I've done uh, a number of over the years is something called a charitable remainder trust and Especially, we've had people with real estate, although we've also had individuals with sometimes stock that has appreciated, and they donate it to a charitable remainder trust, which doesn't create any tax situation. And then the asset gets liquidated and sold, and it could be a piece of real estate, or it could be the stock. And then that money gets invested and paid out to them, usually over a 20-year period. But it allows them to really spread out the tax over a much longer period of time, and um, it's a way to increase more income for the person as well without taking a big major capital gains hit. If anyone is interested in uh, learning more about Charitable Remainder Trust, uh, give my office a call, 508-998-8858. We'll be happy to help you there. We've done that with uh, apartments, and we've done it with a small garage building in New Bedford. But um, I don't know. Do you enjoy playing, paying taxes, Phil? Paying taxes? Yes. I enjoy making sure that we live in a society that has good services. So, you know, in that respect, yes. Yep, I think that's a really good answer. And I think that that's what we need to think about when we think about paying taxes. Paying taxes is not something that we should look at as being onerous. It, it's really the price that we pay to live in the country that we live in, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And uh, do you remember the name Arthur Godfrey? God, yes. What a great a classic talk show host. Yes. <laughs> well, one of the things he said once is, I'm proud to be paying taxes to the U.S. The only thing is, I could be just as proud for half the money. That's <laughs> <laughs> a classic. Ray, so. Ray, another strategy on the donations is you can actually charge a donation before the end of the year. Oh, really? Like on a credit on, card? On a credit card. I didn't know that. And get the deduction right away, even even if you don't pay it till the following year. You know, we're talking to John Lally, a certified public accountant who has his office on Alden Road in Fairhaven. And one of the things I've said over the period of time that I've been doing the um, Money Wise show, John, is that I learn a lot from people that come on the show and talk to me. I always learn something, don't Surely. you? Surely, all the time. 
And uh, hopefully the people at home listening are thinking the same thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't even think about the possibility of putting on a credit card. And now you have an even more accurate receipt, don't you? Because you could show that. Yes, you do need some type of receipt if it's for $250 or more. So the credit card is a great receipt for that. Okay. Interesting. Well, um, I go to a church in, uh, in Dartmouth, uh, the uh, Dartmouth Congregational Church. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just sent out notices for their annual uh, pledge where they want people to indicate if they want to make a specific pledge for next year. So I suppose if somebody needed a deduction and wanted to reduce income for this year, they could even pay the pledge this year. And if it was paid this year, their cash basis taxpayer, they could deduct it this year, couldn't they? Yes, they could. And the church isn't going to really care whether it comes in in 2014 or whether it comes in in 2015 because they're not going to report the money as income. Exactly. So if you are in the situation where you might be thinking of making a contribution to your church or maybe you make a pledge every year or you tithe or something of that nature, well, if you need the deduction this year and you have the money to do it, you could do it this year. Mm-hmm. So another good Interesting. One. Yeah. Yep. Very good, John. In fact, I had another another client who had made a five year pledge, and was having such a good. Tw- he's gonna not only make his, tw- he's gonna pay this year as well and oh, that's get the exciting. tax deduction for it. Oh, that's nice to hear, and you know that's a good example, Phil and, and ladies and gentlemen, of meeting with somebody like John Lally who can talk to you about some planning strategies you can do this year that will help you in your tax situation this year. So. Um, we're going to come back in just a couple minutes, but uh, we are talking this morning with uh, John Lally, uh, CPA, uh, who owns his firm on Alden Road, 69 Alden Road in Fairhaven. He has more than 25 years in experience, and uh, if you have tax questions, would you like to have some year-end tax strategy planning? If you plan, you can save money. Give him a call at 508-992-6500. And we're going to come back in just a couple of minutes and continue with some other exciting things we can do with taxes. It's great to have you back on the Money Wise Radio Show with Ray Lance and our very special guest, John Lally. And very interesting first half. A lot of great information, Ray. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you, Phil. Uh, We are talking this morning with John Lally, a certified public accountant who's located at 69 Alden Road in Fairhaven. And, John, thank you again for being with us this morning. Great to be here. We appreciate it. And let me mention that USA Wealth Group sponsors this hour that we are so thrilled that you tune in to each and every Sunday. Thank you, USA Wealth Group. Well, thank you for mentioning that too, Phil. You know, I get so excited talking about taxes and talking with somebody like John Lally, who, um, no disrespect, speaks the same language when it comes to taxes. That, gosh, taxes just makes me very excited. <laughs> Not many people can say that. No. By the way, we have a number of things in our office that we can provide. We have uh, a very good guide for what all the various tax rates are and the amounts of monies that you can contribute to retirement accounts and so forth. And if anybody is interested in that particular guide, just give a call to my office at 508-998-8858, and we'll be more than happy to send you a copy of that guide. There is no obligation. So do you remember the name uh, Dr. Werner von Braun? Yes, the uh, rocket. Rocket scientist. scientist. He was a German emigre. 
and uh, he said something interesting about taxes. He said, there is just one thing I can promise you about the outer space program. Your tax dollar will go further. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Out of this world. <laughs> we, we have to make some light about taxes because even though we groan and moan and complain about them, they're very important. It's, it's what supports what, who we are. Sure. It supports our military. Absolutely. Oh, you know, I promised you something earlier, Phil. I promised you that I'm going to start to give you some quotations. That's right, from the from U.S. Marine, Marine Corps. Corps. So I've collected some uh, quotations, and from time to time I may give you a quotation about the Marine Corps. Uh, there was one in particular that I was looking for, but if I can't find it, I've got quite a number of pages. Some of them are, have to be censored, so I couldn't use them <laughs> on the air. <laughs> but uh, this was General Alexander Vandegrift in 1946 when he had to testify before the Senate Naval Affairs Committee. He said, the bended knee is not a tradition of our Corps. Aha. Interesting. If I can find one other one afterwards, I will... Uh, uh, locate it and give it to you. Okay. It was uh, Ronald Reagan, but I'll, I'll look for that after. In any event, let's continue. We're talking with uh, our CPA friend, John Lally, about year-end tax planning and some specific things that we can do to save money. You know, John, I heard something interesting earlier because we had a visitor in the studio, Mr. Pete Braley, who's on every day uh, during the week, and... Um, you fellows knew each other, and what I learned is that you and Pete Braley actually attended the same birthing class together. Yes, we did, with our wives. With your wives. <laughs> that was probably, that what, awesome. 25 years ago? About 25 years ago. <laughs> well, that's exciting. <laughs> it is. So you, oh, you never know where we end up in life. Right. But yeah. that's, that's really interesting. Time passed quickly, huh? It sure does. Mm-hmm. How many children do you have? I have three children, yes, 25, 23, and 20. Look mm-hmm. at that. You have three young adults. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. You bet. They're great kids. Good. Oh, that's that's awesome. nice to hear also. Awesome. Yes. They have a great family. and blessed. Oh, that is a blessing, John. Good are, for you. Are any of your children in business with you, or, or will they possibly be? No, none of them have shown any interest. The closest is my son, who is a financial planning assistant. Oh, there nice. There you go. Good. There you go. Closely related business. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not going to go into alternative minimum tax because I promised you we wouldn't. It's, it's too difficult. But uh, tax rates are very important. And one of the other reasons to make sure you monitor what your income is and monitor what your expenses and deductions are is because if you don't, you could bump yourself up into a different tax bracket, which means a higher percentage of your some of your income is going to end up going for taxes. Yes, the higher your income, the higher your tax bracket. So if you have opportunities to lower your income and lower your tax bracket, that's great. But you also don't want to push that income into another year would be taxed even higher. Mm, That's true. So do you advise people sometimes to make uh, year-end contributions to a retirement account, an IRA or a 401k, for example? Yes, I often do that. In fact, I was talking to a business owner uh, this week. And right now, they're in the 45% tax bracket, roughly 40% federal and 5% state. So their question was, when they take the money out, what percentage will they pay then? Or based upon what they think their income will be when they retire, mm-hmm. their tax bracket would be closer to 30%. Okay, so they can save money. So they're going to save 15% or roughly one-third of that 45% mm. now. Yeah. 
I see uh, people all the time because I do most of my work in the area of retirement uh, planning and social security advice. And I see people all the time that just really have not put enough money aside for retirement. So I tell people all the time, if you can squeeze it all, put more money into a retirement account. You know, if you have a 401k and you can maximize that, you know, do so. But certainly I tell people also at the end of the year, um, anything you can contribute to a retirement account, whether it's a 401k or a 403b or a simple or a SEP or an IRA or any of those kinds of accounts, you'll be able to get um, a deduction depending upon you know various things. And sometimes even if you're married and your spouse is not working, um, your spouse can also get the benefit of an IRA deduction by claiming off the spouse who is working. The spousal IRA, correct. Yep, spousal IRA. And another thing too, if you have a spouse who works in your business, they can also be covered under the business retirement plan as well. Mm-hmm. And let's say if you have a 401k plan, you can put away 17.5 out of your own paycheck before the end of the year. But then if the company makes any type of retirement plan contribution, they have until March 15th of the following year to make that contribution. Okay. All right. And if they wanted to, they could also, the business could file an extension and get an extra six months to make that retirement plan contribution as well. Hmm. And I guess if you're over uh, with a 401k, I know you can contribute $17,500, but if you're over 50, you can contribute even more, right? Yes, you can do what's called the catch-up contribution of $5,500 for 2014. Okay. And the same thing is true with IRA. So a regular traditional IRA, if you're able to claim a deduction, if you're under the age of 50, it's $5,500. But if you're age 50 and older, you can contribute more. Right. Again, there's a catch-up contribution for IRAs as well. That's a smaller amount. It's $1,000 versus the $5,500 for the 401k. So if you haven't put money aside, if you're an individual and you haven't contributed anything this year to an IRA account, it's not too late. And it could be as simple as going down to your local bank and opening up an IRA account. If you're over 50, put $6,500. And that's uh, if you're working. And that's a deductible uh, amount off your income tax. So you can lower your income tax and save some money. Right. What's good about the IRAs versus the 401k, the IRA you have until April 15th to make that contribution. Right. And sometimes there's income limits on that that you don't know if you're going to hit that limit or not. But when you file your taxes, then you know exactly what your income is. Then you can know whether or not you can do the full $5,500 or not. Okay. So the most important recommendation I would make in this area, ladies and gentlemen, is you know, give us a call and we'd be happy to sit down and talk to you about that. Or certainly, as you're planning your year-end tax situation, give John Lally a call in Fairhaven you and bet. he can look at your actual income projections and make recommendations for you. Yeah, yeah. Terrific guy. Because right, each person is different with their situation and, and every year is different too. Mm-hmm. What's good advice for one person could be bad advice for somebody else. Sure, sure. John, you must have a website too, I assume. What's your website? Yes, I do. It is www.jtlcpa.net. One more time. www.jtlcpa.net. That's fairly easy to remember. John T. Lally, jtlcpa.net. .net. Or give you a call, give your office a call, and uh, you or somebody in your office can help also. Yes. And that's 508-992-6500. Now... For business purposes, you said you're uh, advising businesses as well. I know that in 2013, there were a whole host of 
business deductions that were available for people that had their own businesses. And of course, in our area, we have a lot of small business owners, uh, such as being able to deduct fairly large amounts of money for new equipment or used equipment and things of that nature. But most of those, or many of those, expired at the end of 2013. Now, as we're getting ready to do this show, you were just telling me that there's some fairly recent movement that some of those uh, IRS provisions may be coming back even at the end of this year. Yes, on noon, a bill was uh, initiated in the House of Representatives to increase some of those limits, and it hasn't passed yet, so it's still a proposed bill. Okay. But for 2013, the limits were uh, $500,000 for a first-year write-off mm-hmm. called the, a Section 179 write-off and 50% bonus depreciation on equipment, so 50% of no matter what the number was. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bonus depreciation had gone away for 2014, and the $500,000 first-year write-off went down to $25,000. Big change. For 2014, right. And those are things that I would think that are very important to help um, boost the economy because if businesses have a tax incentive to make a purchase, then they're going to spend money, and that creates jobs. Of course. And maybe they hire new people. So uh, we'll have to watch that very carefully in just the next couple of weeks. But mm-hmm. Would I'd it be uh, retroactive, I wonder? Would, would you think it would go back and cover perhaps 2014? Yes, it would. That's the plan right now. Yeah, they often do that. Nice. Very yeah, good. It'd be nice to have an answer real soon, though, because it's it's getting late in the year to start buying equipment before December 31st. Now, do you think they'll do it before the end of the year? I'm hoping it's any day now. Oh. It'll, it'll be a Christmas gift. <laughs> yeah, it really would be. You know, but the interesting thing, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is that this is how quickly some of the tax changes occur, mm-hmm. because... I actually had looked for this information because I had been reading articles about how many of these deductions had expired in 2014, and I was aware of that. And then occasionally there would be articles saying, well, we're hoping that Congress will act to extend them again for 2014. And I checked the information on the website literally a day before John did, and then the following day he checked it, and all of a sudden the House of Representatives had acted. So information like this can change very quickly. And right. if you're planning, if you're a business person, for example, and you're planning a year-end purchase, you certainly want to keep tabs on what's happening with that law because it may give you some very important deductions which will help your business. Right. And again, stay in touch with John Lally. Right. For example, a business owner looking at a $100,000 piece of equipment, if that business or the owner is in a 40% tax bracket, they would save $40,000. So the $100,000 of equipment cost them $60,000 net after taxes. Mm-hmm. Mm. So sometimes they can justify spending the 60000 versus spending the $100,000. Right. So if you're an individual looking for ways to reduce your taxes, think about retirement plan contributions. Think about your expenses and your deductions you can take. Think about the timing of income. For businesses, you've got many more things to take a look at. John, do you enjoy puzzles? Do you enjoy like Scrabble or word games or anything of that yes, nature? Yes, I do. Yeah, I figured you probably must if you enjoy taxes the way <laughs> I enjoy taxes. So I was thinking, you know, somebody ought to create a game that's all about like a, a board game for taxes. You know? Oh, they have that. It's called the Rubik's Cube. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Good there, Phil. I had forgotten about that. Now, Rubik must have been Greek too, I imagine. Well, <laughs> well, 
You know, <laughs> the only thing that hurts more than paying an income tax is not having to pay an income tax because you don't have it. any income. <laughs> right. And that's a quotation from Thomas DeWar, by the way. I'm glad you brought that up. Yes. Because <laughs> uh, there are some people who just don't have enough money to pay taxes. Is that one of the problems you find? Yes, some low-income people don't pay any taxes, and sometimes they, they can even get a credit called the earned income credit. And get money back. Get money back, Mm -hmm. right. And I guess that would be a good reason why people should consider filing an income tax return, even if they might think that they don't owe any taxes, because they might be entitled to something like the earned income credit. Right, and you never know until you try. Yeah, good point. So there are lots of good reasons to do this, and lots of good reasons to meet with somebody who really knows what they're doing. Yes, yes. Do you get involved also in doing um, gifting, advising people on doing gifts, for example? Sometimes we do. Okay. And I know gifts are not deductible. You can't give somebody money and then take a deduction on your income tax. But it's sometimes a nice thing to do. I see people that do that this time of year. And in 2014, you can give up to $14,000 per individual if you want to give away money reduce your estate or something of that nature right that strategy is twofold one is to get assets out of somebody's name who might be subject to the estate tax and also to shift the assets in the income it could produce to somebody in a low tax bracket mm-hmm. so let's say a child would then invest that money and maybe they're in a 15 percent tax bracket and the parents are in a 35 or 40 percent tax bracket so they save on that interest income as well mm-hmm. okay well, you know, there are some famous names in, in uh, history or culture, I guess is maybe a better word, not history, uh, that have said some really unfortunate things about taxes. Do you remember the name Leona Helmsley from New York? <laughs> oh, sure. And she's the lady who left $12 million to her dog. Only the little. And she said, only the little people pay taxes. <laughs> and she went to one. jail for that. That was one heck of a quote, huh? <laughs> well, it came back to haunt her because she actually spent time in jail. Oh, yeah. So nothing that uh, we do here recommends that you do things that are improper or illegal ever. Right, right. But there are many things that you can do that you might not know about that will allow you to save money on your taxes. And boy, if you're not doing things to take advantage of those benefits that you're entitled to, then uh, shame on you. You're, you're costing yourself some extra money. John, what happens if somebody maybe has um, a small business, maybe they're on the salary as well, but they're expecting extra money? Um, these might be people that would put money aside for quarterly estimated payments. Um, what happens if they don't put aside enough money they're going to pay penalties at the end of the that, year that was the actually my question oh. you know, about that kind of not having enough money yeah i'm glad you asked it that way okay right you're supposed to pay 100 percent of your tax or in some cases 110 percent or 90 percent of your current year well, a lot of people don't know 90 percent of the current year okay so you they're in through income tax withholding on a w-2 or you might, if you're self-employed, you might be paying quarterly tax estimates as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So could you put extra money into withholding, say, the last few weeks of the year and make up for some of the tax deficiency that way? That's a great strategy because that withholding is counted as, as, as if it was paid in throughout the entire year, whereas if you missed your first quarter estimate, you'd be subject to a penalty for the entire year. Okay. So you can... So you just can, by loading up on your withholding, you can reduce that reduce or eliminate that penalty. Right. So that's another good tip for the end of the year then, isn't it? It sure is. 
Um, I'm going to ask you a question. I don't know the answer to this, but maybe you do, and if you don't, then I apologize. But what if you had somebody that wanted to, was in that kind of a situation where they hadn't put enough money aside for uh, quarterly taxes, um, and they suddenly realize they're going to get stuck with a penalty? Could they pay themselves a large bonus as a salary and then put that into withholding? Yes, they could. They, then they can make up for the estimated tax payments that they missed. Hmm. Okay, good. Well, I asked the right question, even though I didn't know the answer. But mm-hmm. you see, That's Phil, great information. I got a good answer. Great information. Yep. You really know your stuff. You Thank really you. do, John. Very impressive. Well, I've been trying really hard to stump John Lally this morning, but I haven't been successful yet. <laughs> well, I've been doing this for about 30 years, and I enjoy what I do and yeah, get involved shows. with a lot of small businesses and individuals and help them on a daily basis. Yeah, and you're local. and It really shows uh, all of your expertise. So let's, let's run through some tips that we might want to talk about for uh, year-end uh, tax moves. And one, we've talked about uh, defer some income. Uh, if you're going to get stuck paying a lot of money on taxes this year, maybe you can defer some income to next year. Um, put money into a retirement account. Mm-hmm. Absolutely a good thing to do. You can never have too much money in a retirement account. And there's some interesting things that um, I've read just recently, some brand new strategies for in dealing with IRAs. You know, I, I see a lot of people that... When they become 70 and a half, they have to take minimum distributions. They're required to. Correct. And yet they don't really need the money, some of them. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they don't want the money, but they have to take it. I've had actually people complain about that and say, I had to pay taxes. I don't really need the money. I just stuck it back in the bank again. There's now a provision in the Internal Revenue Code that's fairly recent, apparently, where you can have uh, up to $125,000 of your IRA Um in an annuity, invested into an annuity, and not have to take minimum distributions on that amount. You can let that continue to accumulate if you don't really need the money. It's not for everybody. Most people sure. need the money. Yeah. So let's say somebody had a um, well, $375,000 IRA account. If they had $125,000 of that into um, an annuity, invested into an annuity account, then they wouldn't have to take minimum distributions for that particular piece of it. Um, That's a fairly new article I just read. In fact, I'm going to share it with some of the insurance companies that I do business with. Kind of an esoteric point, but certainly contribute money to a retirement account as a way to save taxes. Um, Harvesting tax losses. Um, We we didn't talk about you can offset capital gains and capital losses, Mm -hmm. right? Yes, you can. Mm -hmm. So how would that work? Could you explain that briefly? Okay, if you have a capital gain and a capital loss in the same year, they just net out against each other. It's like no harm, no foul. Mm-hmm. I had a situation a couple of years ago where somebody was looking to sell some two pieces of real estate. One had a very large capital gain, and the other property, unfortunately, had a large capital loss. And I ran some numbers, and I figured out if they sold the years, they would pay a higher net tax than if they sold the same properties in the same year. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because the problem was if they only sold the gain property in one year, the income was so high, pushed them in a higher tax bracket, they'd pay a lot more in tax that year. Right. So the strategy was to try to sell both properties in the same year. Well, we've talked about a lot of interesting things this morning. You know, John, I would have to tell you that this is one of the fastest hours I've ever had recording here um, because it's a pleasure to converse with somebody who, you know, 
knows as much as I do, knows more than I do in the area of taxes and, and works on it on a practical day-to-day basis doing tax returns for people. So thank you very much for being here. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been thrilled to have with us uh, John Lally, uh, certified public accountant. He's located at 69 Alden Road in mm-hmm. Fairhaven. What's the name of that plaza again? The Fairhaven Center for Business. And it's directly across the street from Walmart on Alden Road. And can you provide your website again? Yes, again, it's www.jtlcpa.net. And his phone number, by the way, if you'd like to reach John and talk about some year-end planning for yourself or for your business, is 508-992-6500. 508-992-6500. And as always, thank you so much for listening to MoneyWise, brought to you by USA Wealth Group. If you'd like to have some of the tax information that I've provided, uh, give me a call at 508-998-8858. And John, we really appreciate you being here. Truly. Well, Ray and Phil, I can't believe how fast this hour has gone by. I've got several other tax strategies I was hoping to get to that I didn't. Give me one real quick. But <laughs> we'll have to have you back, that means. <laughs> okay, great. Well, one is trying to reduce your income so you can take advantage of some tax credits. Okay. I had one professional who contributed extra money to a retirement plan to lower his income, and he was then able to qualify for some educational tax credits and get a $5,000 tax credit. Interesting. Now, I wouldn't Very. have thought of that. I would yeah. have thought of just taking the deduction for a retirement account so that you could lower your income, but I wouldn't have thought about it be, to be able to claim credits. Would qualify you for a tax credit. Wow, that's really good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not convinced by now, uh, make an appointment to go see uh, John Lally. Uh, Give his office a call at 508-992-6500. Thank you so much for listening. Most importantly, take some action, do something, save some taxes. That's right. And uh, thank you, Ray, for uh, always uh, advising us in in ways that create financial stability for our families through USA Wealth Group. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to Money Wise with the money guy here, Ray Lance, every Sunday morning, 8 to 9 o'clock. Ray, thank you very, very much. Thanks, Phil. Have a great Sunday. You betcha. So long, everybody. Thank you, Phil.